Welcome to Camden Cast. I'm Tanvi. And I'm Erin. And this is our 7th Heaven Podcast. On today's episode of Camden Cast, we will be discussing Season 8, Episode 14 of 7th Heaven, the title of which is Healing Old Wounds. Uh, the IMDb user synopsis is, At a Camden party, Roxanne and Betsy get into an argument about the war in Iraq. When Martin's father shows up, Roxanne is attracted to him. The twins want to spend more time with Ruthie. What was your first impression of this episode? Um, I mentioned this to Aaron while we were watching it, but basically it just seemed like inappropriate conversations that family members were having with each other about sex and relationships. Which don't happen in real life. Yeah. Um, also, this, epi- this episode, we've been complaining about this for a while now, but this one was really the worst when it came to focusing on non-Camden people. Um, none of the Camdens had any storylines in this one. It was all focused on Camden adjacents or non-Camdens, and frankly, it kind of made this episode unbearable to watch. Like, uh, one of the most pivotal scenes in this episode was a conversation between Martin and his father, and honestly, I didn't even pay attention to it, so I can't tell you anything about it. Yeah, and, um, so anyway, we're, we're gonna start with the cold open, as we always do, um, I, so the cold open really starts with Annie's getting ready, getting a dinner ready, the Rev is there, and he's like, oh, we should have sex instead of you getting ready for dinner, Annie divulges that the Rev has invited, like, a million people over for dinner, and that is no joke, um, so the Rev is like, I'm gonna go outside with all the men, and all the men are outside, and we learn that Lucy comes inside from being outside, and she says something to the effect of, like, all the guys are out there, like, spectating Roxanne and Betsy. Uh, As a quick reminder, Betsy is Martin's aunt, because I had forgotten. Yeah, Um, same. And, um, you, I don't know what we're supposed to think they're doing at first, because it sounded like they're, like, the men were ogling, ogling them. Yeah, I also thought, because Lucy was, like, I'm getting jealous of it all. Right. But then we cut to outside, and this is all still the cold open, and Roxanne and Betsy are having an argument about the war in Iraq, and Roxanne is anti-war, and Betsy is pro-war, and they have different, you know, Roxanne argues that, I forget what Roxanne argues. She basically argues that uh, we had no reason to go to war in Iraq, that there's no legitimate reason to be there, and all these people are dying because of us, whereas Betsy said 9-11 was the the only reason that we needed to go to Iraq, and people were dying before 9-11, and we're helping them not die. And Saddam Hussein surely had something to do with 9-11. All thoughts and opinions are not my own. (laughs) Yeah, uh, so they're going back and forth. Um, and all the men are kind of watching them go at each other. It's... When finally we have a grand entrance from a man in a military uniform into the Camden's backyard, and it is, of course, um, Martin's father. We skipped over a brief little scene here where we see, um, Ruthie also comes into the kitchen when Lucy is down there, and she says something about, like, oh, I, I can't... She offers to help... And then Annie is like, weren't you going to play a game with the boys? She says, no, I have homework, but Martin and Peter are playing a game with the boys. Cut to upstairs, Martin and Peter are playing Battleship, and the boys are watching. And they're having this stupid argument about, like... My dad's better than yours. Yeah, because Peter is, like, Peter's losing, and Martin is... And he's like, well, I never played this game before because I never had a dad to play board games with me. And Martin is like, screw you, that's your problem. And also, like, my dad's been in the military. It's not like I spent a lot of time with him. So anyway, they were having a pissing contest about who had the worst childhood. Yeah, and then Peter was like, I bet my dad could beat your dad up. And 
So but yeah, it's just strange. Um, we would like to say that the entrance of Martin's father, Bill Brewer, was I'm gonna I'm gonna speak on both of our behalves was very underwhelming. I feel like. Martin as a character, and also just based on what Martin looks like, and then when we see how old Betsy is, his his aunt, I think I was uh, conjuring up an image of Bill Brewer as being something that he's clearly not, because the man that entered was very, I don't know, it was, it wasn't like, it wasn't what I imagined. He didn't look, he doesn't really look like Martin, he doesn't look like Betsy, who was supposed to be his sister. Yeah. He looks much older than Betsy, which, I mean, yeah, there there can be familial gaps like that, but it just seems like looking at Betsy... You expected a younger man, for sure. Right. And maybe someone who looked a little bit closer to Martin yeah. or Betsy, because, like, we, of course, don't know what Martin's mother looks like, so, like, he could take after his mother, but maybe they should have made this man look at least like one of them. Um, and I think it's worth noting that during the Roxanne and Betsy argument, we learn that Vic has no opinion on Iraq. Because he doesn't know enough about it. <laughs> Which um, I guess is a good, I don't know. I think that's... Read the news. <laughs> but I think that's, like, the, what the... He's, like, the representative of the general, like, audience, like, the general U.S. population about not knowing enough information to form an opinion. No, I'm, I'm, which is not a criticism, it's just... Well, yeah, it's better than forming a, an opinion blindly. And... Yeah throwing all your weight behind it um so so that's the cold open so we'd just like to go over who exactly is at the camden house before we get started who isn't at the camden (laughs) house that's the short list most of their kids Um, it's all right so wait we've got peter his mother and vic yes chandler roxanne kevin well okay so wait uh, i should have um the non-camden family members are cecilia martin his father roxanne chandler Betsy. Betsy. Paris. Paris, Vic, Vic, Peter. Martin? Did we say Martin? We, I said Martin. No, okay. Yeah, okay. That's and it. Martin and his father. So that's all the non family members. Then it's Lucy, Kevin, Ruthie, the twins, and the Camerons. Yes. So currently the Camdens are outnumbered yes. in their own house. house yeah. Um, and it's a lot of people, and also, like, as anybody who's following the show or has been following us and not the show, which is ten times better, um, we, there's a lot of entanglement going on here, which is the cause for most of, like, the drama in this episode. Um, so I guess we'll get started with the Camdens who don't do anything in this episode. Other than have sex. Yeah. So basically, after dinner, the Rev helps Annie clean up, and then Annie's like, okay, I'm ready to have sex now that I've cooked and everything. So they disappear to the basement, which... For most of the episode. Yes, and the Rev is like, I forgot we even had a basement. Remember, the basement made a cameo once when Matt was going to sell his belongings to go to college or to med school, I forget. Um, So they disappear. Then Lucy is in the living room after dinner with Cecilia when Kevin calls from the garage apartment and he's like, come over, we should have dessert. She's like, and you haven't had dessert yet. And Kevin is like, no, come over here, we can have dessert alone. And Lucy isn't getting it because she is dense. And then she finally, she's like, what about everyone else? And Kevin... Kevin's like, alone. And, no, but then he's like, oh, let them eat cake. Yeah, which so, is supposed to be a thing. So it would have been funnier if, nope, I'm not going to, no. if he was like, let me eat cake. Like, let I can, me, let me, cake, cake, cake. <laughs> We're not calling Lucy cake. <laughs> I know. That's why I was thought about not saying it, but it was already there. Um, so anyway, she disappears to the garage apartment to have sex with Kevin. And then no, none of the Camdens are around except for Ruthie, who is in her room. 
um, with Peter, or but Peter's with his family most of the time. She's with the... I'm, like, thinking this is supposed to be a storyline about how Ruthie's Her not, being with the twins. Yeah, how she's not spending that much time with the twins, but she can't because she's doing homework, and she's... And there's one algebra problem yeah. she can't figure out. I don't really understand what the point of all of this was, but yeah. It, again, was reflecting, because, like... Peter's done with his homework, and, like, Ruthie's like, do you have the answer for number five? He's like, I have the answers for numbers one through 30, and he's being a dick, and he won't just tell her the answer to number five. He's me. I hate doing that. Because <laughs> um, I used to do that be- to, like, get guy. I'm not, I'm not, I'm done, I'm done, I'm not talking about it, I'm not talking about it. Um, so, uh, the mo- like, the most, I guess, relevant scene for the Camdens in this is just after Lucy's done having sex and after Annie's done having sex, uh, they kind of meet in the kitchen and you see both of their outfits. They have, like, a knowing look on yeah. each other's faces. Like, Annie's hair is a mess. And, like, Lucy's hair is kind of messy, too, and their outfits are kind of askew, and they kind of, like, look at each other. There's no words. They look at they each other. They share a knowing smile. Yeah, and then they both have a piece of cake, and they, like, cheers the cake plate, and they, like, bite into it. And that's one of the instances I was talking about, about how... Weird mother-daughter interaction. Yeah, it's like, I don't care, like, how old you are. This is a weird thing to do with your mother. Like, oh, we, should, we both just had sex. Like, like no. Like, things, yeah. No. Things I don't want to know, things I don't want you to know. Yeah, like, exactly. Just, <laughs> just no. Um, but that's really... I want to say that's really it for the Camdens. They're not really doing anything else. Yeah. Um, actually, a lot of people in this episode are not knowing anything. Um, so we're going to talk about the, I I guess, the Petrowski family now. Yeah. So, as we, uh, so, I don't know, Vic overhears Peter say something to Martin to the effect of, I don't really have anything to be proud of my dad for, or something, and he's, of course, talking about, like, oh, you must be proud of your dad, he's a Marine. So Vic is like... I know what I'm going to do to earn, like, the respect of Paris and Peter. I'm going to join the Marines. Um, there's a strange conversation that happens right before this between Paris and Vic, where Vic jokingly is like, guess I should join the Marines, huh? And Paris is like, yeah, for some self-discipline. And then he's like, why'd you say I gotta join the Marines? Your answer, like, it was a very, like, entrapping question, I felt like. And they, like, get into an argument. I don't know what, again, a lot of this episode was like, I don't know what I'm supposed to feel about this. And are we supposed to be thinking that Vic and Paris are together? Like, there's no reason for Paris and Chandler not to be together right now from what I'm seeing, because it seems pretty clear that Paris and Vic are not together. Yeah. They're just co-parenting, like, he's around now, and he wants to be a part of Peter's life. That doesn't mean they're together, so I don't know why Chandler's like, gotta keep my distance, because Vic is around. Um, so, Vic seems to be, I think Vic is trying to win back his wife. Uh, he's clearly trying to be a Well, obviously, because he goes to the Marine recruiting center. So, as Aaron said, after this conversation, he comes up with a bright idea about he's gonna go and be a Marine. Um, and he ends up at the Marine recruiting center, where he finds out that he's too old, to be a Marine. Um, and this leads to something that's very unrealistic in which a Marine decides to sit down and counsel this random stranger going through a personal crisis. Um, and he's like, it's about my wife and my kid. And they kind of, like, talk it out. And he goes... And he's been suggest Like, he gets a suggestion about what he should be doing instead of joining the military, which is going to AA. Um, so we have a couple of scenes where he's at AA, you know... And then, like, Peter's suddenly proud of him. Yeah. Um, and so, and, like, apparently he has, like, a weight lifted off his shoulder, and there's a scene with, um, Paris where, like, it's, it's a very, it's supposed to be, like, this family moment where it seems like things are getting better between, 
uh, the parents and for Peter, uh, like, having a family for the first time ever, until Roxanne leaves a f- message on Paris's answering machine, which is basically to the effect of... Wait, I have it written down because it was, like, really confusing wording. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of names in it. Yeah. Roxanne mentioned to Betsy that Chandler is still in love with Paris. Yes. <laughs> and apparently this is the first time that Vic f- has found out that... Chandler is still in love with Paris. Or that Chandler and Paris were a thing. I don't think he knew that. Oh, okay. I thought he... I was... Okay. Yeah, because he's like, oh, Chandler? And Peter immediately, like, unplugs the answering machine yeah. and is like, oh, never mind. Um, so that's a thing that's happening. I... I don't... What was the end game of this episode? I don't really understand. Uh, Pro-war or anti-war? Or, or, or something with the war. War? Like, mar- Marines are good, war bad? Um, and... Like, uh, Vic ends up at another AA meeting. I don't get this, and I I think the only thing I'm going to say about this is that he's becoming better for himself instead of doing it for just his wife, his ex-wife and his son? I mean, I think we're still supposed to think he's invested in Peter. Yeah. Um... Um, and then we do, in this episode, we do get a scene between Paris and Chandler where Paris... It's basically a repeat of the before conversation from a couple episodes ago, which was basically like, it's really complicated that Vic's back, and, you know, he's trying to get himself together, and he's trying to be there for Peter, so I can't really have you around, and Chandler's left alone again. Uh, but yeah, uh, Chandler's also, like, being creepy and following people around the house. We get a very interesting quote. We have some... I don't know. I don't think we've ever seen Kevin and Chandler bonding before, but I feel like we have a lot of Kevin and Chandler, or, like, at least one. Yeah, because they, like, volunteer to take the trash out after dinner, and then they're eavesdropping on Paris and Vic, and then they're, like, Chandler's just like, I thought you wanted to go out and get a drink, and he's like, that guy should make me not want to drink. Alcohol is never the answer to anything. Apparently. Um, so that's happening. But, yeah. Ugh. Ugh. Who knows yeah. what's going on? We then, I guess we'll talk now about... Betsy and Chandler and Roxanne is somehow involved. So as we mentioned, well, because Roxanne to- to- yeah. <laughs> mentioned to Betsy that Chandler is still in love with Paris. Um, so remember, Betsy and Roxanne do not like each other. They are fighting about the war, uh, and Betsy ve- like ve- vehemently dislikes Roxanne. Um, so much so that she, when Roxanne is leaving the Camden house, she tells Roxanne that. Like, Chandler was too good for her, and she won't, like, be enough, and she shouldn't blah, blah, blah. And, <laughs> and right. Roxanne's response is like, I, we're not even together anymore, and that's because Chandler is in love with Paris. I don't know. The point here is that... I don't know. Like, Betsy's, Betsy ends up making out with yes, Chandler. exactly. That's, that's really... Point. That's it. That's, that's it. the end game of that whole runaround, is just like... Um, Chandler makes out with Betsy. So, like, is he moving on from Paris? Who knows? Stay tuned. And Betsy, I'm pretty sure, like, never comes back after this episode. So. Um, okay. Another thing that happens in this episode is that we mentioned Roxanne is enamored very quickly with the quote-unquote handsome Marine that walks through the backyard. But this does not change her feelings about the war, and they are having a debate post-dinner and they're alone in the dining room, um, and they're going back and forth about war and peace and how being, I don't know, 
Um, There's like comparisons with Iraq and, and Vietnam, Vietnam, where we learn that apparently the public support. Apparently, public support is what lost the war in Vietnam, which I. Mm, ah, mm, I could see a little bit that argument. I could see the argument being made. I'm not going to make it. Eh. I'm not going to make it at all. Um, but yeah, it's so. I feel like I would have enjoyed this maybe if it was just like two people talking about their views on the war. One, a cop who doesn't believe in the war, and it won a Marine who was fighting in said war. But instead, this turns into a we- weird sexual thing, where every time, like, Bill makes a point, he, like, makes out with Roxanne, and, like, Roxanne is, like, all starry-eyed about it. It's just, I don't know. And Roxanne doesn't believe, believes that the only reason that George W. Bush is president is because Jeb was the governor of Florida, and so she basically says, not my president. Yeah. Which... Uh- I enjoy. <laughs> yes, yes, that was that was entertaining. Um, again, this I feel like okay. So my main thing with this is there's no setup at all to them being together. We obviously get that like she thinks he's hot when he she first see she sees him, but then like all of a sudden they're kissing. I've are we meant to believe that they like the entirety of dinner they got to. I don't know, it just, it seems very not I think we're just supposed to think, like, the sexual tension between, like, the fighting, you know? But that's so not Seventh Heaven. Like, their view of sexual tension is, like, the Rev and Annie looking at each other. I don't know. Well, this, like, the casting, so Bill Brewer is played by Costas... Something. It's a very Greek name. Yeah. Um, And he is Australian... So he's got a very, like, um, pressured, like, speech. He's got very pressured speech because he's trying his best to keep his, like, American accent on. And he comes out really just sounding like Sylvester Stallone. Yeah, Um, And he kind of looks a little bit like Sylvester Stallone. So I think he modeled his career off. Like, so he's just, like, I just got weird vibes from him the whole episode. yes. I was thrown off by who he was because, again, I said, like, he was not what I imagined Martin's father to be. But also, it just seemed really strange to me to have Martin's father in an episode. And we've talked up Martin's father now for a few episodes now. Like, his absence, the fact that he was coming back and And stuff. And we don't see him with Martin. Yeah, exactly. We, We don't even see him with any member of the family until the last ten minutes of the episode, maybe. Well, this is a great segue. Because Martin walks in at some point while Roxanne and... Um, his father, while Roxanne and Bill are making out, and he's just like, no, stop it, stop it, and they stop, and then he runs away, and his father runs after him. And this is when I begin to dislike Bill, because his whole reasoning for it, it being okay to make out with Roxanne is... He's well, a man with needs. And he was, he's was he been in Iraq for uh, the past nine months, and this is like, and she's a woman, and that's it, and that's like what it is. Yeah. Not that, you know... Any other, any of the other reasons people get together, but okay. Well, and let's also not minimize um, rape in the military. Right. Like, there, you know, there, like, there were women in Iraq, and they were not treated very well by their, like, they were assaulted by their... It just, it wasn't... Rape uh, in the military is yes. overwhelmingly pre- prevalent, and let us not minimize it. No, I, I don't want no, to No, we, were, we weren't, but, like, it's just, like, you know, the, like, oh, it's just me and all the guys over in Iraq, and it's like, well... That's not completely true now, is it? Yeah. Um, And he, I don't know, it just, it wasn't, and we find out that this is the first time that Martin's seen his father with any woman that wasn't his mother. So, like, again, this, like, this is a very poignant moment. Like, I think 
you know, it's usually something that we see on a television show when, like, a, a parent is moving on for the first time and the child is like, oh, no, what do, you know? But we don't really get to see that because it's, like, kind of pushed into this moment where, like, Roxanne's there randomly. I feel like it lost a lot of what it could be. And there are, like, random cuts to, like, Cecilia doesn't have a storyline in this either, but yeah. she's, like, around the house and we have her interacting with, like, random characters for really no reason. And then, like, other than, like, at the end... Um, Martin's father, Bill, is like, oh, well, my son's got good taste. <laughs> yeah, and again, which is strange, don't say that about, like, a teenage girl. Yeah, and he says that to the Rev, and I'm like, does that mean that Simon also has good taste? <laughs> um, it's just, it, yeah, it's, this episode seemed very disjointed. I, it's called Healing Old, Healing the Wounds? He, healing, healing Old, old wounds. wounds. Right. And what, what, like, what does the title have anything to do with this episode? Um, and Martin, like, Martin brings up the point that we all, I felt like as an audience member, which was, so, his father took emergency leave from the military to come back home to deal with the fact that his son was going to join the major leagues instead of continuing his education and going to college, but we have no, like, we have nothing that shows that he's spending any time with Martin, that he, they've talked about this, that this is something that's important, instead. And it, it is really just like a footnote at the end, this conversation does happen, and, like, um, Bill basically says, like, take, finish high school and take your SATs, and if you want to become a ball player after that, that's fine by me, but, like, whatever, he's like, I just want you to finish, he comes to the same conclusion that basically the, the Rev made for, the decision that the Rev and Annie made for Martin, they're like, finish high school, then if this opportunity is still there, I don't care if you go to college kind of thing. Like, pursue this opportunity over college, but at least finish high school. Yeah, it was basically like, we need, we want you to make sure you have options. Um, it's, and there's like another tidbit in this where we find out that Betsy wants him to go to college, and like, she told the Rev, and somehow Martin was mistaken this entire time that Betsy was supporting him. I don't, like, there's just a bunch of lines and scenes and like, interactions that seem like they're throwaway in this episode. It seems like, these are all scenes from a different episodes that they decided to mash together and make in an, an episode. It Well, we're really starting to lose, like, the... You could watch this episode without knowing what was going on at all in the previous season. And it won't be different from episodes. anybody who's seen every single episode. Right. Like, you could just jump into this, and then it's just like, oh, that was... Like, a bunch of stories just started and en ended... In this episode. Yeah, there's nothing... I don't... I Like, I honestly can't tell you what the theme of this was. Because then at the end of this, um, Ruthie's like, I don't know how to help Peter. I don't know how to help Martin. Like, blah, 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 blah. And the Rev's big answer is... And mind you, the Rev was in the beginning of this episode because he was horny. And then at the end, to say this. And all he... And he <laughs> <laughs> at the end, he goes, when you look in the mirror and you see peace, and that happens with every single person, then there will be peace in this world. And then there's a fucking montage at the end. With? Peace be with you or peace be with us by the, by big country or something. Yeah. And it's every single character that we've seen in this episode, which looking is a fuck the, ton of them. Looking in the mirror and smiling. Which, okay, so. Well, some characters appear in the mirror together, so yes. we, we don't get individual shots of everyone. But, like, also, who does that? Aaron and I were talking about, like, the when we see, like, when I look in the mirror, I just get really close up and, like, look, look at, at your pores. Yeah. yeah. Or, like, I try to figure out, like, my eye color. <laughs> like, that's yeah. something. I don't. I'm just like, ew, look at this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't. I, like, do I. It's like, that's what I look like? Ugh. Yeah, I try to minimize my, my time in front of mirrors. But all everybody's, like, smiling and, like. 
I don't know, it seems like it's a weird Alice in Wonderland moment happening. Uh, and that's the end of the episode. And we see um, Martin's father going back to the military, and that's it. I'd- After, what, like, he was supposed to be there for, like, a few days, and we see him for, like, maybe a half hour of an episode. Not even. He was in, like, maybe 15 minutes of this episode, and he didn't even spend that much time with Martin. Um, yeah, I don't understand. I really don't understand what the point of this episode was, the theme, other than there was a lot of conversation about the war, but not, like, in any way that was... I, that really... I don't... I, like, I wouldn't say that this, like, sparked a discourse in the country right. about, like, the war and why it was taking place and, you know... I do appreciate I, the fact that it happened, that there were this, this conversation was happening and that Brenda oh, I Hampton... I thought you were going to say the war. I was like... Oh, no, no, no. That Brenda Hampton was willing to have, like... Uh, opinions from a marine, opinions from a, si- a sister of a marine, opinions from a police officer, but it like uh, it it all fell short. It really felt like what the writers did in this episode was throw a bunch of ideas in the hat and decided let's do all of them. It was like a game of like they pulled it like a bunch of like whose storylines it next, and then they pulled it out of a hat and they it, were like it was like Mad Libs. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's what I have to say. And I think I'm going to rate this episode. Do you have anything else to say about this episode? No, let's let's rate it. Yeah, I'm... You know what? Let's just give it a goddamn one. This one's getting a one. Uh, I'll give it a 1.5. I'll give it the... I'll give it the extra 0.5 for whatever reason. <laughs> whatever reason. I can't even think of, like, a positive thing to pull out of this episode. Um, yeah. All right. So, you can catch up with us new episodes every Wednesday and Saturday on soundcloud.com slash camdencast um, on the Apple iTunes podcast app, and recently I received an email from Stitcher that there had been some problems with Stitcher, but those were corrected towards the end of April, so I'm sorry if you primarily listen on Stitcher, there was a small snag there for a while that was on Stitcher's end, not our end, um, and they apologize to me, and I am in turn apologizing to you, our listeners who listen on Stitcher. Anyway, you can find us on social media, um, facebook.com slash CamdenCast. On Instagram and Twitter, our handle is at CamdenCastShow. And you can email us at CamdenCast at gmail.com. I'm Erin. I'm Tanvi. This is CamdenCast. Mm-hmm.